Father, we are so thankful indeed for your word today. Your word is truth. Your word is life. And so we come boldly, Lord, now to the throne of grace to hear from you. Speak to us through the book and by your spirit. And Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise for it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we pray and all said, Amen and Amen. So we're doing a series and basically the name of the series is Abound. And the word abound means to be copiously supplied, to be fully supplied. Some synonyms and related words for the word abound is ample, fruitfulness, galore, generosity, manifold, profuse, rich, superabundant, and teeming. Now this morning we want to look at an area of the grace where you and I can absolutely abound in. So if you would open your Bibles this morning to the book of Romans and we'll take a look at verse chapter 5 and verse 17. Romans the 5th chapter and the 17th verse. It says, for if by one man's offense, of course that's speaking of Adam, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, notice with me the word receive. There are two things we need to receive. The abundance of grace... And of the gift of righteousness. And so with your faith that God has placed in your heart, you just need to open up your heart right now and say, I receive this glorious gift of righteousness and abundance, abounding grace for my life. So this abounding grace is available. This abounding grace is ours to receive on a daily basis. As a matter of fact, John said it like this. It is like spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. So what is this grace? This grace is free. It is unearned. It is unmerited, and it is undeserved love. Joyce Myers says this. She said that God's grace is amazing. We are saved by grace, God's undeserved favor, and we live by grace, which is also God's power in our lives, what what we could never do in our own strength. Amen. The Greek word for grace is charis. Literally, it's pronounced haris. And uh, we get the, uh, the English word charisma or charisma from it. And so what is this grace? Grace is getting what we didn't deserve. Grace is getting what we did not deserve. And mercy is not getting what we did deserve. You know, when Billy Graham was driving through a small southern town, he was stopped by a policeman and he was charged with speeding. Think about that. And uh, he had to actually go to court that actual day and he admitted his guilt and the judge asked, are you guilty or not guilty? He said, well, I am guilty. He says, that'll be $10, a dollar for every mile you went over the limit. Suddenly the judge recognized Billy Graham 
And he says, well, the fine's got to be paid, but he pulled a $10 bill out of his pocket and said, I'm going to pay this bill for you. And he attached it to the ticket and then took him out and bought him a steak dinner. That, said Billy Graham, is how God treats repentant sinners. Oh, thank God for the mercy of God. And so this grace contains everything that God has both promised and provided for us in this dispensation of grace. Now what I want to talk to you for a while on this morning is how this grace can abound toward you and make you strong when the crisis of life knocks on your door. How this abounding grace can help you through your midnight hour. Has anybody experienced a midnight hour before in their life? Well, I certainly have, and you certainly have. I can remember times where I said, Thank God your grace is all I need in this situation. You see, it must be accessed by the faith of God. So, His grace that He's given you, it doesn't just release power to get you into the kingdom, but His grace and His power is available to give you strength on a daily basis. So this grace will strengthen you. Paul said to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, and I want you to notice with me in verse 1. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, and I'll, I'll wait until they can get it. It's kind of big print, isn't it? That's awesome. Oh, magnify the print with me. Let us exalt King James together. All right. He says, Now, therefore, my son, be strong in yourself. Be strong in your education. Be strong in your physical power. Be strong in your mental capabilities. No. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. This grace is in Christ. He was full of grace and truth. And of his fullness... Have we all received? Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You are now a child of God and you are now in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Oh, thank God. In Mark, I could do nothing. But in Christ, like Brenda said today, I can do all things through him. Hallelujah. We look much better in Christ than we did out of before when we were out of Christ. And so, be strong in this grace that is in Christ. In other words, the grace that is in Christ is also in you. The Amplified says, So you, my son, 
be strong, constantly strengthened, and empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Now, I looked up that word empowered, and the word empower means to give authority or to authorize or to give power. So God has given us authority through his grace to stand strong, and his grace enables you to win and be victorious in life. Now, notice what Paul said to the church at Corinth. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and notice that with me in verse 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 in verse 13. There has no crisis, no temptation, no trial, no test taken you, but such as is common to man. The things that we face in life, somebody's already faced. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above your ability. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. I want you to notice this phrase, to be tempted above that you are able. The temptations that we face... The crisis of life that we encounter are not above or greater than the grace that God provides for you. The ability that grace provides is greater and it is above any temptation. I like what Deuteronomy says, you're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. John says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Paul said all things are under your feet. In other words, the temptation can never be above the ability that God's grace provides for you. Oh, hallelujah. No matter what the situation, no matter what the circumstance. The message in the last part says he'll always be there to help you come through it. The Amplified says God is faithful and he can be trusted to not allow you to be attempted beyond your ability and your strength of resistance and power to endure. The strength to resist and the power to endure is the grace of God abounding toward you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we just say thank you, Lord? And so... He provides then a way of escape through this abundance of grace and through the exercising of our authority by resisting those things that would try to get us to throw up our hands and quit. You ever felt like quitting before? We all have. But oh, thank God, His abounding grace will keep you. His abounding grace will strengthen you. His abounding grace will take you through the temptation, the test, and the trial so that you can come to a safe landing place in Him. Paul, addressing the church at Rome, said in Romans chapter 5 and verse 2, and I want you to look at that. Let your 
eyes rest upon this verse for a moment. Romans, the fifth chapter in the second verse says, By whom we also have access by faith into this grace. Now notice the next phrase. Wherein we do what? So we've accessed the grace by faith, and now we're standing in it. We're standing in the grace of God. In other words, we're not moved because we're standing in our covenant of grace that God has given us. And so you access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and while we're standing, what do we do? We rejoice. We're not grumbling and complaining and whining. Woe is me. No, we're rejoicing because we're acting on the word. The Bible says, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, tests, and trials. In other words, rejoice even in the midst of the test. Why? Because you have an expectation. You have a hope that the glory of God is going to come on the scene and rest on you and the presence of God is going to invade your test and you're going to come through it on the other side. Oh, that's what the glory of God does. So rejoice in expectation of the glory of God. Now, Tony Cook was here on Wednesday night, did a great job. And... uh, He defines standing grace in his book, Grace, the DNA of God, as this. He says this, Standing grace is God's life and power released toward and working in an individual, strengthening that person and enabling him to stand victorious in life. He furthermore says, This standing grace is the impartation of God's strength And lastly, he says, this standing grace will keep you from being defeated. I think the one of the greatest examples of standing grace is in the Apostle Paul's life. And so we're going to take just a few moments and we're going to look at that before we receive communion. So if you would, look in your Bibles at 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice with me in verse 7. Say this with me on your way over there. His grace grace is abounding toward me me. every day of my life. life. Oh, thank God. You know, I look across this congregation today and I see people that I know have, have gone through some very difficult situations and difficult circumstances. But thank God His grace enabled them to make it through. And here's the cool thing about it. His grace is no respecter of persons. What he's done for you and me so many years ago, he will do for anyone who will call upon the name of the Lord and open up their heart to be saved by grace through faith. Amen? Amen. So now notice this in 2 Timothy chapter 12 and verse 7. He says, and lest I should be exalted above measure, notice this next phrase, through the abundance of the revelations. Now the Apostle Paul was an apostle of God whom God spoke to and gave what we know today as the Pauline revelation. We don't have time to go in depth into the Pauline revelation But the Pauline revelation includes what God through Christ did for us in his substitutionary sacrifice. 
It also includes what the Holy Spirit is doing through us in the new birth today. And that it also includes what Jesus is doing for us right now at the right hand of the Father. So he had an abundance of revelation. He had this revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. He had this revelation of you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. He knew who he was in Christ because Christ gave it to him directly. Paul also knew that he was not rejected, but Paul knew that he was accepted in the beloved and that he was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the devil did not like the fact that the apostle Paul was a vessel of honor to who, through which these revelations would be deposited into the churches that he was over. And he was so upset about it, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, not buffet me, to buffet me. <laughs> now understand this, that God does not use Satan to stop us. God does not use Satan to hinder us. Let no man say when he is tempted, he's tempted of God. Amen? So this thorn in the flesh, what many people in theological seminaries teach, was pus running out of Paul's eyes. And it was a sickness and disease. But not so. This thorn in the flesh was a messenger of Satan, and Satan came and instigated all sorts of hell and threw it his way through people, through persecution. This messenger of Satan came to buffet him, lest he should be exalted above measure. And so we could look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and I'll just quote a little bit of it to you, but some of the things that he faced, he says, "...in stripes abundant, in prisons more frequent." In deaths often. He said, of the Jews I received 40 stripes, save one. He says, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned. He said, three times I suffered shipwreck, and night and a day I've been in the deep. In journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false, false brethren. And he goes on and on to list the things that came against him because he was a mark for the enemy. Why? Because of the revelation that he carried on the inside of him. Now listen very carefully. The sower sows the word into your heart. The Holy Spirit is on the inside of you to illuminate and to open the eyes of your understanding and to give you insight and revelation into the Word of God. And so once that Word is sown, the enemy doesn't waste time. It says that he comes immediately to take away the Word that was sown in our hearts. Listen. Just as the enemy came against Paul to keep revelation from going out. 
the enemy will come against us to keep revelation from coming in. And that's why we need to be very aware of the spiritual warfare that takes place and make a conscious decision in our heart. We are not going to be moved by the onslaughts of the enemy. We are not going to be removed by the devourer who walks about to steal, to kill, and destroy. But rather we are going to stand up strong and we are going to resist that rat in the name of Jesus. And nothing is going to rob us out of revelation knowledge. Nothing's going to tear the truth out of my life. Say it with me, nothing is going to tear the truth out of my life. So this is what was taking place in Paul's life. Now back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. Here's what Paul did. He said, for this thing I went to the Lord. And I went to the Lord three times. That it might depart from me. That this messenger of Satan would just stop and just desist. You know, a lot of times we, can, we go before the Lord and we say, Oh God, do this. Oh God, do that. Why is this happening in my life? Lord, why don't you do something? You ever been there? But I want you to notice the Lord's response to Paul because it is the same response he gives to us when we go to him like that. Notice with me in the next verse. And he said unto me, read it with me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Oh, hallelujah. In other words, Paul, what my grace has provided for you is sufficient. It's ample. As a matter of fact, it's abounding grace. And so the head of the church was saying to the apostle Paul, my abounding grace, Paul, is all that you will ever need. And he's saying the same thing to me, and he's saying the same thing to us right here in Hayward, California this morning, that his grace is more than enough. His grace is ample, his grace is abounding, his grace is sufficient, and his grace will take you through. Oh, hallelujah. And here's what Paul's response was. Paul got it. Because he went to the Lord three times and he got this answer one time and it was more than enough for Paul. In the latter part of verse 9, he said, Most gladly, therefore will I glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Now notice in verse 10. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, <laughs> when I'm weak, when I am weak, then I am strong. And because I am strong, I can move from a weakness mentality to a strength mentality. And I can declare, let the weak say, I am strong. Let's try that a couple times. Let the weak say, let the weak say, I am strong. Hallelujah. The Amplified says it like this, when I am weak in human strength. 
then I am truly strong and I am able, powerful in divine strength. So God's grace is literally the anointing of God manifesting himself into your situation. The anointing. The anointing is burden removing and yoke destroying power. What a great example of standing grace. This thorn was Satan's ability against Paul, but grace was God's ability for Paul. And God's grace is God's strength in the face of your inabilities, your tests, your challenges, your pressures, and your grief. Now, Rick Warren's son committed suicide a few years back, a devastating, devastating tragedy. His son had ban- battled mental illness for a number of years, and he, he came to a point where he just couldn't take it anymore. And we're talking about the guy who probably pastors one of the largest churches in the world. He's known all over the world for his book, Purpose Driven Church. And uh, they have Celebrate Recovery that was birthed out of their wonderful ministry down there in Saddleback, um, down in Southern California. Brendan and I have visited that church. It's a wonderful church, and he's a wonderful communicator. And he said this. He says, what gives me the most hope every day is God's grace. Knowing that his grace is going to give me strength for whatever I face. Knowing that nothing is a surprise to God. Nothing. Martin Luther said it this way. Faith is a living, daring, confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. And so what have we said today? We said that his grace abounds toward you. We said that it's sufficient and that you can be strong in him. And this same grace that rested upon Paul can rest upon each and every one of us every day of our lives. Did you get anything out of this today? Let's just stand up and let's give God praise this morning. Thank you, Father, for your wonderful, wonderful grace in our lives. We magnify you today, Lord, right before we open our heart to receive communion. We're here today, Lord, just to say we love you. And we thank you, Lord, that we're more than conquerors through the grace of God and through the love of God. Father, I pray for each person in this congregation today. I pray for strength. I pray, Lord God, for the mighty power of the Holy Spirit to come upon them and bring to remembrance good, good, good truths that have come out in this message today. We lift our hands and we lift our voice in one accord and we say, your grace is enough. We declare your grace. It is sufficient. It's sufficient for me. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Come on, pray with me just a moment.